How about that cigar? How about that cigar? So, guys, uh, episode number 29? 29. 29. Episode 29. Can you guys believe it? Hey, for those of you who have been with us since the very beginning and those what? of you who are new, regardless, we want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on How About That Cigar. We are live on Facebook right now. Take a couple seconds. Share us out to your favorite cigar groups right now while we're live so everybody can start joining in. Feel free to ask questions and post comments along the way as we're on on the show tonight. Um, guys, we're super excited, and uh, we want to also talk to you if you're listening to us on the audio podcast and not seeing us. Thank you so much for listening to us, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, whatever audio podcast app you listen to. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, episode 29, we're super excited. It's early October here in Minnesota, starting to get a little cold. Unfortunately, we uh, you know we have to talk about the sad Mm-mm. development that happened with our Minnesota Twins. No, nope. I mean uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It sucked. We got swept by the Yankees. Uh, we have we have now we have now tied the record for the most consecutive playoff losses by a professional sports team. Sixteen consecutive playoff losses uh, tied with the. Uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks back in the 70s lost 16 consecutive games and now so have the Minnesota Twins. You know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, hold up a little bit of hope for next year. Um, from the early talk I'm hearing about next season is we're not going to really lose a lot of guys. So, but you know how the Twins do. I mean, the Twins, <laughs> oh, I know. We, we, build up this, we build up this great team. And then uh, the next thing you know, they trade this guy, they trade this guy, they trade this guy. And then we're left with uh, table scraps. You uh, know. Yeah, but then, you know, what happens when you've got a seemingly nobody team Yeah, like you did in 87? Yeah. Well, in 87 was such a – 87 was, was great because that big fluke, you know, wild card team. Such a fluke. Only had 85 wins during the regular yeah. season. So it, I'm, anything could happen. Honestly – I was I was down there. I was I was paying attention to that game till the last out. I was just I would I refused to give up. I was thinking, yeah, oh, they're too. gonna they're gonna pull this one out and and you know it's gonna be this awesome miracle comeback. But it's okay, you know it happens. I mean, at least it wasn't like fifteen to one. It, well, yeah, I think we got outscored in the series like twenty four to six or seven or something like that. Yep, it was not good. But anyway, you know, baseball is still going on. There's, you know, congrats to the teams that are still in it. We're looking forward to uh, more playoff baseball, more, uh, uh, you know, as we get toward the World Series. Um, I'm thinking we're probably, I don't know, I'm thinking Houston, L.A. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. But um, I like Houston. I do. Yeah. Well, they've been good. They've been good all season. But this evening, guys, episode 29, how about that cigar? We are beyond excited. We have guests coming all the way from sunny New Jersey. Sunny. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to How About That Cigar Live from Cuba Roqueño Cigars, Protocol Cigars. We have Juan Cancel and Kevin Kythan. Guys, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. How are you doing this evening? We're fantastic right now. It is an honor to be here tonight. It's an honor. From uh, sunny Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> we are right underneath the uh, 
what do you call that? A flight pattern when the airplanes are flying, landing into a, a flight path. A, yeah, a flight path of uh, a Newark Airport right underneath it. You hear it? You get so do you get fumes? Do you get the the good solid fumes yeah, coming out? It's all kind of good fumes coming you in. Make feel happy. Plane fumes, car fumes, people fumes. It's all fumes from all over the place. Fact, hold on a second. We got a lot of people fumes. There's a people fume for you. We got a lot of people fumes around here. Blue chunks. I saw that. I saw that lighter you were using earlier. That lighter was. That's no joke. That's. Yeah, that's, this that's, is a that's, uh, special made lighter. <laughs> My partner Bill Ives made it in his garage. Look at the size of this thing. That's what she said. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's just in case you need to weld your exhaust, yeah. and <laughs> just in case you're driving around sunny Newark, yeah. New Jersey, and your muffler falls. You know, you want to freaking yeah. weld it quick, and while you're welding it, you can light your cigar. We, so we, yeah, you, Bill. we have that problem. Yes, <laughs> it, it could happen. No. Multi-tool. So. Guys, like I said, we're we're like super excited to have you on the show. Um, Protocol, you know, shout out to our friends at Cigar Dojo. Protocol, mm-hmm. you know, back in in 2015 when when Protocol came on the scene, man, uh, you got so much love and press from Cigar Dojo, and that's how I learned about the brand in the first place. And um, you know, the first time, honestly, that I got my hands on on that first release Protocol with the you know the blue label and that. Uh, that dark Habano wrapper, man, I was just hooked. It was it was a cigar that just drew me in right away. And um, you know, talk talk a little bit about you know those early beginnings of when you said, "All right, we're not just going to talk about this anymore. It's not just going to be a dream anymore. It's not just going to be. It's not just going to be a maybe. What if it's going to? We're actually going to do it. This is happening." And and talk to us a little bit about those 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 maybe even scary first days like okay here we go jumping out of the plane so before we even start i just want to thank give a lot of thanks to cigar dojo a lot of the uh cigar media out there including you guys um if it wasn't for the acceptance and the the um, the embrace that we got from the cigar media we would be nowhere because if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't have the exposure we have but we have great exposure from you guys and the I don't like to use the word fans, but you know, f- you know, I guess followers. I hate the word using the word fan, but let's say people that support us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been amazing. It's almost like a cult like support we get. So everybody out there, we want to say thank you and just thank you for being part of us and coming along for this ride. Yeah. So the way this started, before this beautiful beast that's sitting next to me got involved, <laughs> his name is Kevin. Everybody, he's definitely the most best looking one in the company i was always involved so the two ugly guys bill and i and bill can't make it because uh he he tried but long story but he was going to do it from the from the uh from the from his deck but it didn't he wasn't having an issue so billy i know you hopefully you're watching but we love you we love you bill we miss you yeah Yeah, hopefully definitely next time so anyways the way we started so bill and i were very active on social media and still are you know but back then it was more of a consumer kind of cigar nerd type thing we post up cigars like i started posting like reviews and stuff like that and a lot of companies um got familiar with me and started supporting me would send me samples i'd buy stuff and rate it and stuff like that but uh bill started doing the same thing and one day bill and i were at a uh, our third partners um he owns a uh a cigar shop in jersey we're sitting in the lounge we're smoking cigars and he says uh why don't you guys come out with your own brand? And we laughed and 
Oh, he <laughs> laughed at first, and I was like, no. He was like, I- I'm-, I'm actually serious. We laughed some more. <laughs> Once we finished laughing, he goes, guys, seriously? I will back you guys up financially. You guys have a good following. Come out with something, and you know we'll see what happens. You guys pay me back whenever mm-hmm. you can. No big deal. He's a friend of ours, Bill Agatis. God bless him. So uh, we're like, all right, let's let's. You serious about this? He goes, yeah, let, let, let's do this. And Kevin was actually there, but more of a friend at the time. And then um, when the time came, we were like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. So who are we gonna do this with? And back then, and I still am, I was a big time uh, Lazona fanboy. Mm-hmm. Loved everything Eric Espin- Eric Espinosa does. His son uh, Junior, yeah, just great people, great product, and I was like maybe Eric would do it. So I said, let me give Eric a call. I figured to myself, he's going to laugh at me and say, fuck you and hang up the phone. Can I curse on this thing or no? Yeah. Hey, you do you, yeah, man. It's all I just want to double check because, you know, some places you can't write. That's not a big word. It's not a terrible. It's like the N word, you know? They're just words. They're just <laughs> no they're good. Just words, no bro. good. They're just words. They're just words. Anyway, so <laughs> right. I was like, hey, what the heck? Let me give it, a, let me give it a shot. So I call up Eric one day, thinking this guy's gonna laugh my laugh at laugh at me and hang up. I'm like, "Hey, Eric, how you doing? Uh, we want to do a cigar. We want to do it with you. What do you think?" He was like, "Bro, bro, 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 bro." bro. And then I had to get a translator to tell me what all the bros meant. But basically, it meant that he said that uh, you know we do you know specifically at the time me because I was a big fanboy. He goes, "You guys do a lot for my brand. You guys help me." I'll do whatever you guys want. You let me know. And a lot of and a little, a little credit to Eric, and actually a lot of credit to Eric. And let's say you guys wanted to do a cigar, right? You got to go to whoever. I don't care whatever company it is. I'm not going to name no names, but a lot of times you go there and you tell them they want to do a cigar. They want to do like a twenty thousand cigar minimum. minimum. Yeah, you know that's just like from what we heard at some of the minimum twenty thousand cigars, which is a lot. That's a so, big investment. Yeah, that's a tremendous investment. Not a, it's, it's not big. It's tremendous. So yeah, yeah. I went up to Eric. And I was like, but all we all we want to do is 5,000 cigars. I'm thinking he's going to laugh and say no. He was like, bro, for you guys, anything. Nice. So we started off with the uh, blue protocol. Uh, we did 2,500 of the Corona Gordo because we figured that's the real connoisseur size. That's the size that has like the perfect wrapper to binder filler ratio. It's a smaller ring gauge. It's a, a five and uh, five and five eighths by forty six. Am I yes, correct? Yes. Right. So it's very small. You get you, you get a good balance, a good yeah. ratio from rapid binder to filler. So we did that, and then the other one we did because you know you got so many other people that like different ring gauges and different sizes, different vitolas. So we th- figured the Toro. The Toro's to us is like the industry standards. That ground ball down the middle, make everybody happy. Yeah. Six by fifty two. It shines. So we just did twenty five hundred of each, and we thought to ourselves. Once we got this ball going, it was like we're gonna we're gonna have these cigars. Nobody's ever gonna buy these cigars. It's just yeah. not gonna happen. Nobody nobody knows us. Nobody's gonna want to buy. And there's so much good stuff on the market. This is just like a joke. Mm. So we uh, wound up doing 2,500 of each during the process. So we spoke to Hector Alfonso Senior. He's the blender for La Zona, and we figured this was gonna be our one and done cigar. What do we want it to taste like? So we basically took Bill and I's palettes as the the scoreboard and say this is what we want the cigar to taste like we want to take like abc xyz we want a full body punch in your mouth because in reality we said once it kind of got out there because there are no secrets in this industry it's like one thing like once you start working in this industry you hear people say there are no secrets so it got out that we were going to do a cigar so people would call us and say 
yo, guys, you need, you guys need to do a cigar where it's going to be, everybody's going to like it, you know, uh, uh, appeal to the masses, get something that everybody's going to like. So Bill and I said, do you want to do something that everybody's going to like or something we're going to love? Because we said nobody's going to buy the cigars. I'd rather be stuck with 5,000 cigars that I absolutely love. Yeah, exactly. And 5,000 cigars that I just like. So we said, you know something? I appreciate all those guys in the industry that gave us advice, but we're going to do what we like. So we did a blend that was to our specifications, what we wanted it to taste like. A cigar that if you had a smoke for the rest of your life, you'd be happy with. So. And we kind of, kind of kept that business model. Every cigar we come out with is a cigar that, if it doesn't sell, we're gonna. If we had to smoke these for the rest of our lives, we'd be happy. And that's what we've been doing. Absolutely. So we came out with the cigar. It was full body. It's a uh, the, the blue is the Ecuadorian Habano Scudo wrapper, uh, Nicaragua binder filler, quadruple hero. So it's a very full body cigar. We came out with that, and we're like, all right, nobody's ever gonna buy this cigar. And that's the one that Kevin has right there, the Toro. Yeah, nobody's ever gonna buy the cigar, but we're gonna be we're gonna be cool because we love it. Next thing you know, three months later, boom, everything's gone. I don't (laughs) even have any of the original stuff because it was like in the office. I do gone. (laughs) I never never thought about pulling stuff because I was like, this is gonna be there forever. One day I was like, how we selling? Like, oh, we're we're sold out. Sold out. My God, (laughs) how does this even happen? So from there, um. Once we saw those uh, those cigars sold in three months, we were like, "All right, let's we got to come up with a new one because you know what we're gonna do." So, I am a true blue Mexican San Andreas fan. I love Mexican San Andreas. This is my oh, yeah. absolute favorite rapper. And God asked me one day, "You're gonna have a cigar? What would it be?" I would have definitely the original one would have been Mexican San Andreas, but God, a- God asked him. Yes. Yeah, God asked. Me. <laughs> then I said, "All right, we're gonna do the blue." Bill and I. You know, agreed in the blue, but the next one was like, "What we're gonna do is like, just in case this never happens again, let's do a Mexican San Andreas." And we wound up doing the probable cause, which is the uh, Mexican San Andreas again. I believe it was uh, t- uh five thousand again. It was like uh box press Churchill, and then a Corona. No, what was the original? It was a robusto, right? Robusto. A robusto. Box press robusto. Box press robustos. Those came out and sold like this, and 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 it just turned into that. As long the fact the company motto has been can we smoke this cigar for the rest of our lives and be happy with it as long as we can say yes we release it because we're always like we're you know we're humble guys we're like nobody's ever gonna buy this This is a fluke this happened nobody's gonna buy these things so as we came out with more cigars you know always with that mentality if these don't sell can we smoke these for the rest of our lives and Mm -hmm. as long as we always say yes and we come out with the cigars. Everything so far up to now has been, uh, you know, successful. We've been very happy. So, you know, like you said, that first 5,000 of the Blue Label came out. And you were blown away. They just, they the cigars disappeared. And obviously, I, I actually wish they didn't. I wish they didn't sell so I could still have some of those. Yeah. Tremendous. So you're you're all excited because it's, it's unexpected. You're thinking, man, I was not. So did. So my question is. Were you kind of like, what do we do next? Did you did you even have any other ideas in the hopper or yet, or did that no, all after the, the first the, the first time okay. was literally we thought it was going to be a one and done project. Yeah, just a one. Bill and I really thought back then it was just Bill and I, right? And then Bill, the other Bill, Bill got this, but he was more of a silent guy. He didn't really, you know, he wasn't a cigar guy. He was the financial guy. We appreciate him for everything he did for us, but you know, he liked us. He wanted to have fun, and it was like let's just give it a shot. So we really thought. The original business plan was this 
wasn't going to do anything. It wasn't going to sell. We we're going to have them. And that was going to be it. It's like a one and done thing. But the popularity that grew, like when we first hit, man, the social media footprint, that thing left was just tremendous. Like everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Cigar media really embraced us. Uh, we got some great ratings on those first ones, like 90s above from on the Corona Gordo, on the Toro. And then the next year, we were like, all right, we, you know, something, this is the going. We sold out. You want to continue? It's like, screw let's continue. Let's, let's, let's keep doing it. Yeah. So we came, we came out with the Mexican San Andreas. And then we did a line extension on the blue. We did a, a Lancero, a traditional Cuban Lancero size and that cigar got us the first cigar of the year with cigar federation and a, a pretty which was, which was that that lancero was insane and i'm not even a big i mean i like lanceros but garrett garrett's like a lancero whore that lancero was ridiculously good it was amazing i'll tell you the story how when i first tried the lancero so we figure out okay we're gonna do a new cigar and that was the probable cause in the Mexican San Andreas, because I love Mexican San Andreas. I convinced Bill and Bill, so let's do Mexican San Andreas. But as long as the blend was right, we were going to do it. So we found a great blend. We did it. Then the next question was, let's do a line extension on the blue. So we had the Toro, which is that ground ball down the middle cigar. And then we had the uh, uh, cigar carnosaur size of the, of the uh, Corona Gordo. What else can we do? And us being cigar nerds, love lanceros so mm-hmm. i told kevin i took him i told eric espinoza i was in um i didn't tell you right <laughs> i was in uh, nicaragua in um february of 2016 yes 2016 with with eric i told him to make me six by 60s make a robusto blue make this make that also to make lancero so i'm over there and i'm smoking all these cigars they're okay when i light up the lancero I'm walking around La Zona factory in Esteli and my hair stood up. I'm like, Oh <laughs> my God, this yeah. thing is gorgeous. Like yep. amazing. So I told Eric, make me about 20 more of these, brought them back to bill and bill. Kevin has some too. And we were like, we're going to come out with this freaking, you know, and then Eric actually, Eric Espinosa told us, he was like, bro, 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 <laughs> don't, don't come out with a Lancero. I yeah. was like, why? Everybody wants them. Nobody buys them. Yeah. I was like, all right. That, that, that sounds like sound business, but we're cigar nerds, and we're going to do it. We love Lanceros. We love the way this came out. We're going to do it. If it doesn't sell, we smoke them. It's just us. It's ours to smoke. Came out with that. We got some great ratings and actually got our first ever cigar of the year with Cigar Federation off that thing. So mm, yeah, we went to, with the Lancero, and you know, even though um, Eric said don't do it, we went against his, you know, he's got, this guy's been in the business for 20 years. He knows everything from sales to all the way to the factory side of it. And he, he, you got your business partner. Basically, he's our business partner because he's making our cigars for us. Yeah. Telling us not to do it. Don't do it. And we said, sorry, we're going to do it. Doing it anyway. We're doing it anyway. And it got great reviews. It got our first number one cigar of the year. That's the kind of one that really put us on the map. Yeah, That's the one that got a lot of exposure, and then from there to that to that point, we did a Lancero in the uh, the, uh, the the probable cause, which also got Cigar of the Year with which is, uh, which is smoking fantastic. All uh, right, now they're smoking tremendous, but there we got Cigar of the Year with that with from Tiny Tim Cigar Blog. He gave us Cigar of the Year with yeah. that, and the Lanceros have been coming out awesome, man. We just kept doing it. Um, the only one we had we didn't do Lancero was the official misconduct because we smoked it. 
and it just wasn't there. So we decided to do a Corona Gordo with that instead. And that's smoking tremendous as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I sent you guys some of those. Yeah. All right. I would like to uh, just let everybody know what we're smoking, what we're drinking. Um, so at the beginning of the show, um, Juan and Kevin had sent us uh, a few cigars. And we decided to go with uh, a natural and a Maduro. Uh, Matt decided to go with a natural. And I'm not saying you chose wrong. <laughs> he's already trolling me. We're only a few minutes into the show. He's already trolling Dude, me. Dude, I'm having a moment. So like, this Juan is talking, and I'm like, I'm on rainbows with unicorns right now. <laughs> yeah, this. So the the Sir Robert Peel, I'm smoking the natural Garrett, smoking the Maduro. This cigar is plenty good. Oh my God. Yeah, Juan's got one fired up too. So um, I don't want to, I want to come back to the Sir Robert Peel, but I want, I don't want to skip over. Okay. Uh, I don't want to skip over the Themis. Yes. So, and I'm, I'm a little curious too, because you, I know you said you were a, a huge, fan of mexican san andreas yes so that's why you went with probable cause second out of the gate i'm also a big fan of that rapper but did you did you have the idea in your head for a connecticut shade rap cigar also but just decided to go with the san andreas first or did no. you not even have that in the in the hopper so, i'm gonna tell you a little bit of what's what happened so the first one comes out it's a ecuadorian oscuro Nicaragua, Havano, Binder, Quadruple Hero, full body, punch in your mouth. Boom. We love, Bill and I are big husky guys, love full bodied, full flavored cigars. So again, we say everything we do, we're going to do to our palate. So we come out with the uh, the blue one. The next one we want to come out with, we're going to say, all right, this is going to be another full body, but maybe not as strong as the other one. So we wound up doing this blend of the Mexican San Andreas, Nicaragua Binder filler. It's less full body than the blue but it's full flavor and full aroma it's like chocolate a little bit of sweetness a little bit of wet leather some earth it's just a deli- I, I love the cigar i absolutely adore that cigar so as bill and i start traveling the country visiting different shops doing events people ask us do you guys have uh any natural cigars no we have dark and darker <laughs> do you have any light body cigars no, we got strong and stronger. Stronger. So we like, what are we going to, there, there is that common denominator of everybody asking us for a lighter body cigar. So we said, what are we going to do? We say, let's try to feed that demand and come out with a, let's try a, a Connecticut. But if we're going to, at that point, two years into the game, we've already been known for a more full body, punch in your mouth, full flavor kind of cigar. So we say, let's do a Connecticut cigar, but let's do it with some kick, some bite. So we wound up doing an Ecuadorian shade Connecticut uh, wrapper, some Nicaragua binder and filler, and we threw some Lijero in there because if we're going to put our name on something, we're already known for like a full flavor, punch in the mouth, kick in the, kick in the stomach kind of cigar. So this can't be your grandfather's Connecticut. Like I personally am not a Connecticut fan at all. When I smoke Connecticut's, they taste like I'm smoking cardboard. It's just like air and smoke. And I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. I mean, personally. And again, you, there are people out there that love Connecticut's and more power to you. Just for me, at my point in my palate, it's too light for me. 
So we come out, we say, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do some with some kicks. We want to put in some Lijero in there. And it's, it's to us, it's very light, but to your average smoker, people that have smoked that cigar, the, uh, the Themis, they say it's, it's a medium plus. Again, to us, it's not, but to them, it is. So that's what we come out to defeat the demand of a lighter body cigar. We came out with the, uh, the Themis and it's been, a hit. We also got number one cigar with that, with uh, Developing Palettes gave gave us that number one cigar of the year, 2000, and I want to say maybe 16, maybe 17, something 17. like that. 17. So so wasn't that also that when the Themis got the cigar of the year, wasn't that also the Lancero size? I don't know if it was the Lancero or the Toro. I would have to okay. check back. Okay. But it was back when that, when that happened, we did not have the Lancero. I think the Lancero wasn't until about last year when we yes, Lancero was last year, but that Lancero and that famous is just tremendous because you really, really feel that wrapper. Yeah. That binder. Because the ring gauge is small. You know, Lancero is a, a seven and a quarter by thirty eight, I believe it is, right? It, yeah. It's just oh my God. Famous well, the Corona Gordo is so open to a lot of cigar smokers. I can hand that to an aficionado. I can hand that to a new cigar smoker, and the flavor on that is just unreal. I love that cigar any time of day, any time of night. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really my my size is that forty six ring gauge. It's just we love it for me. It's it's perfect. It's in in really any blends. It's it's just I think that is kind of my sweet spot. But the the thing about that Lancero in the in the Themis is. You know, it's 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 a it's a super small ring gauge cigar. So so like you know, you probably you know when when you were getting feedback from them, you know, working on test blends and all this, it's like it's tough to get that Lajero in that tiny ring gauge. It's like a thousand percent. You can't get a lot of Lajero in a Lancero. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's still that it it still has it, it's it's not weak. It's not weak sauce. It's still got that punch. It's still got that that depth behind it. Which Working it's, with Hector is awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and that's one of the things when we we've, we've talked to so many other guys in the business about factory relationships is is you know working with the guys who are boots on the ground in the factory doing the blending, working out the tweaks, sending you the test blends, and it's so important to have somebody who actually you know like Hector who knows what they're doing with the with the tobacco leaves so they can say okay, take this from the fifty two ring gauge. And let's put that same kind of feel. How how are we going to get that same feel into a thirty eight ring gauge? And I mean, he he definitely he's he's accomplished that on all of all of the blends. Hector is great at what he does. Actually, not a bad idea to try to get Hector on here because he blends the stuff for us. Yeah, Moiris, Cornelius and Anthony, all of Espinosa stuff, and yeah, Espinosa is doing with other people now. Like Hector is amazing. He yeah, is. He's, he's a great dude. We be, we've actually been emailing back and forth. We're we know Lazona Palooza is coming up. And are you guys going to Lazona Palooza? Well, he was he was very generous to give us an invite to the Lazona Palooza, but it's, make it. Unfortunately, it's just it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, we would love more than anything to be with you guys at that event, and we appreciate the invite so much, but it it just can't happen. But we are working on getting him and and maybe Jack and some other guys from from Espinosa on on the and show. Since you mentioned Lazona Palooza, let's talk about that for a second. Think yeah, about absolutely. this event. This event is an event that Eric came up with. I actually came up with the name of the uh, of the of the, uh, of the event. He will never give me credit for it, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> never give me credit. Never. Give me, it's it's fine. He could have it. Never. But the concept 
is 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 brilliant just to give people it's a thank you to the, his biggest supporters and yeah. he does this great thing he converts his warehouse into basically gets chairs and tables air conditioners he gets people comes in there people come in there and start cooking food he gets a beer distributor he's got liquor in there it's an awesome event surrounded around brotherhood people get there and they just spend time and talk. It, it's an amazing event. And kudos to Eric for coming up with that concept, man. It's just a great thing because so you know, I believe in life, just in general, regardless of this the cigar thing, just in, in general, people want to be appreciated. People want to show, want to be shown appreciation. So when you do something like that, it's a beautiful way to show appreciation to everybody. Thank you for posting Espinosa cigars. Thank you for yeah. posting Lazona cigars and, and the people that go over there support us, support Cornelius and Anthony, support Moira Rees, Espinosa, man. We're, we're, we're happy. We're just, oh, yeah. It's a, great event. It, it, it's a modern day Willy Wonka, like chocolate factory, golden ticket, right? <laughs> yeah. Got, I'm, right. I'm the Oompa Loompa. Today, today alone. I'm a peach colored Oompa Loompa. I saw 20 tickets posted. And, you know, the way you get invited is you post more Lazona brand exactly. cigars. So you post Protocol, you post Espinosa, you post uh, Cornelius and Anthony. I don't know where they're at right now, but you got. Uh, you weren't uh, supposed to say that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> whoever whoever Espinosa makes, Protocol and Espinosa. But you, you post those cigars. <laughs> and guess what? You get an invite to the warehouse. You get an invite to Miami. And you get to party your butts off and yeah, have a great, blast. great event. Yeah, it's it, that that event. I've been going five years. I was going back when I, you know, Bill and Juan didn't even have a company. In reality, Kevin yeah. has been part of us since day one. He's a dear friend to us. And about was it two years ago? Uh, two years ago, yeah. Yeah, two years ago, he yeah. he expressed that he wanted to get into the business and he was gonna buy in with somebody else. And we're like, oh, before you spend your money with this guy, you want to come in with us and let's see what we could do. I was, already, I was already doing all the sales for you at every event. So this guy was almost <laughs> like he would as a friend. He would come with us and he'd sit at the table and and sell cigars. And Bill and I would do what you're supposed to do, entertain the people, talk to them. They would party. Yeah, we basically they would party. party. Yeah. They, they weren't entertaining. They were partying. I was actually telling somebody the other day, I said to myself, well, to them, I was like, I got to come up with a better game plan because I've been drinking too much, partying too much. Because, but that's again, that's part of the business, though, to, to sit there and drink and party with people. That's part of the And it's the same thing I used to do as a regular consumer, but now I'm doing it. it, it so the, the lines between business and pleasure are so blurred. Like this, can I do this right? Or mm. basically, it's all blurred. But I've been, uh, man. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm 46 years old, trying to live like a rock star, hanging out with people. I went to Florida, like I just came, I just got back from a Florida trip. Went to go, uh, and again, besides cigar media, but people, the actual social media people, like you hear about groups, you know, like Distinguished Ruffians, Fat Ash. Yeah. So Distinguished Ruffians had this uh, first ever. Uh, rough Toberfest. Uh, it was an event they did in October, and they did it in uh, Fort Pierce at a cigar shop called S and M Cigar Lounge in uh, Fort Pierce. Access to come down. It was uh, uh, myself, Protocol, uh, Eric was there on Espinosa, and then so was uh, uh, Moya Ruiz was there. But the embrace that we've gotten from from the social media people, like you know, distinguished ruffians and. One of the first ones we ever did was Fat Ash. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Fat Ash. Oh, yeah. Great. 
you know, cigar group and we actually did a cigar with them for them, you know, so cigar specifically for the, for the past two years. And it's been amazing. Just an amazing ride to see all you guys out there support us. And it's, yeah. a, it's, yeah. it's amazing, man. We couldn't be more, you know, more thrilled and happy to be part of it. But I was saying to myself, I've been partying too much. But then I say to myself, partying is part of the business because yeah. <laughs> there's a balance. There's J- a balance. Well, Jack Taranio, and I love him. Jack, I don't know if you're watching or Jack, not, but Jack I'm I'm gonna give you Jack me. Jack can't stand me, but because he tells me <laughs> Jack's been in corporate a long time and he's actually told me he goes, one, everything they teach us not to do, <laughs> you do it, but it works for you. Don't get drunk. Don't hang out with the. Don't drink with the people. And I'm like, you know why? Because deep down in my heart, I'm just a cigar nerd that was lucky enough to come up with a cigar brand. So when I'm out there at an event, I'm drinking with you. I'm talking with you. We're making yeah. jokes. We're having a great time. I mean, we're partying. We're listening to music. As compared to, you have to try the cigar with this scotch. <laughs> I'll try it. Well, the. Oh, the, thing, the thing about La Zona Palooza, the thing about these other events and, and the thing about the cigar culture in general, we, we hear this word a lot and we use this word a lot because it really applies so much to the cigar culture is camaraderie. It's just sitting around as a group of people uh, and, and it's, it's uh, you're, you're, you're sitting around with, uh, in a lot of cases, complete strangers that, that you can have introverts who within no time at all suddenly have a great group of new friends just because of these rolled up tobacco leaves. And, and it brings out something in people. It, it's, it, 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 it opens up conversation. It opens up, you know, people to just um, get to know each other and, and put all the other BS of the world behind us and just, just chill with a great cigar, a great drink and great people and get to know what's going on in everybody's life. And, and just kind of, um, you know, just turn it into uh, uh, like a like a family reunion, like a family party every time you get together. You know, yeah, you get you get you get people from all over the country, and that it's just so awesome. Like you get to see these people that you you, you interact with on social media, right? We all do, right? And I hate that you know we have family in the same sense, right? Where you only interact on social media, but when you get people in the same venue and the same place and you're coming together and having those conversations, you don't care what your religious background is, what your political background is. It doesn't matter if we're coming right. together. We enjoy these cigars. Let's have a really good time and let's party. You know, it, yeah. it's, you know, Lizona Palooza is one of the best events of the year. It really is. Matt, it's to an honor get, to go. To kind of get back to what you're saying, but let, let's look at cigars, break it down into tobacco, right? Tobacco, in my opinion, and you could say I'm wrong, out of everybody I've ever met that smoked tobacco, I want to say 90% of those people, that there's something special about people that smoke cigars. I don't care if the guy's a cop, a plumber, a fireman, don't care, a lawyer, Fortune 500 yeah. company owner. You can go into a cigar shop leave your egos at the door and you can right. relate to these people, talk to these people. It, it goes back to the mysticism of tobacco. Think about tobacco. The Mayans would use it ritually. The native Americans used it ritually. It, it, it is a, something about people that like this. It's just something on a spiritual level. There's something so special. 
Yeah. And I'm so honored to be part of this. And I'm honored to have Kevin and Bill and the other Bill and all my friends like Alan and everybody else be part of this. It's pretty amazing. I'm just very your yeah. your, your accountant, my wife. <laughs> the most beautiful accountant you can ever see. Do we have space to even bring her in? You gotta have, you gotta have somebody take care of those numbers. Believe me, I know yeah. you gotta have somebody take care of the numbers who knows. Not only is she good at it, but she's actually pleasant to to feast your eyes upon. <laughs> that doesn't hurt at all. That doesn't hurt at all. Mind if I uh, switch gears a little bit here, guys? Yes, Let's do it. For it. Yeah. All right. So we know that uh, protocol and um, some of the other uh, nomenclature you use for your cigars are an homage back to your law enforcement days. Question. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> Wait, you said nomenclature. Yeah. That takes me back. <laughs> Here we go. Love it. It takes me back to the academy. I was, oh. in, I was in the Port Authority Police Academy, and I was a little bit of a wise ass. <laughs> no. So. Little, 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 Wait, what? You, would, you wouldn't think so, but I am. No. So. We're sitting there at class, and they're teaching us the nomenclature of the gun. <laughs> this is this piece. This is that piece. Da da da. Nomenclature. The instructor says, "Any questions?" <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> who who is this Norman guy? <laughs> and the instructor says, "What? What?" Norman, you keep talking about nomenclature. Who's nomenclature? He was like, go outside, leave the room. He got mad, but he was really laughing. The whole class started laughing. He, thought, was, you were, he thought you were trolling him? I, I did troll him. I was like, who's Norman? All I want to know is who, who's Norman? This Norman guy is a really fan, you know, really famous nomenclature. I'm sorry. I just want to know. Oh, that is a fantastic story. You knew, you knew what it meant, though, of right? Of course I knew. I, I was, again, being a wise ass. To me, oh. I always try to look to laugh in life. Hey, right. You know, that's just me. All I right, like that's, that's the show. Good night, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Go back to Norman Clayton. Oh, that's fantastic. Sorry about that. So, no, it's all good. That was beautiful. <laughs> that, that was, was a, perfect. That was a great story. Uh, in in uh, your law enforcement career, did you ever say one eight seven on a motherfucking cop? <laughs> I used to play that great. This is back in my youth being on a job in the NYPD. I used to play fuck the police as I rolled into the prison. Oh, God. All the way up. By, and it was the NWA. Fuck the police. I used yep. to, dun, 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 fuck the police. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. And then uh, a little bit later, I will have a uh, top five police movie rapid question. Oh, oh I, I love it. I love it. I'm ready for that. that. So I got to pull this comment up on the screen. This is so, so guys, we're up in Minnesota. We have this, this Facebook group uh, called MHC Minnesota Herf connection. And it is a great group of people. And it's not just a Facebook group. We actually get together and we smoke together and we hang out together and we, and we share life together. It's really a great group of people. And we have, you know, we have small herfs and then a couple times a year we have really big herfs and we have, we have a winter herf, and uh, Daniel Big Bear uh, says protocol is officially invited to the Minnesota Herf Connection winter herf if you can brave a Minnesota winter. I might be oh, able to do it. I I can I can brave a Minnesota so, winter one. Bill 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 still works. 
Monday to Friday. I'm retired now, and I'm all about traveling. Kevin could work from his phone, so that might be a thing. Maybe yeah, we'll go. We'll, over I'll, 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 I'll hit you I up do, with. Uh, I do a lot of winter camping. When is so it? There's no problems with winter. Uh, when, when is it? We don't have dates set. Most likely, it's going to be in January, but um, we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll stay in touch with you with dates and everything. That sounds good. I, I like that. That, that right. prospect. Let's do some so, snowboarding. Let's do some camping. I'm. I'm all in on. Hey, that. I, I love winter. Yeah, yeah. winter. We. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican. I hate winter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a buddy that we go winter camping up uh, way up by the Canadian border when it's absolutely horrible and brutal. Winter camping. This fuck. We this gotta, guy. We gotta talk. This guy all about camp, ice, ice fishing, and hunting, and yeah. yeah. This, uh, what's I'm the hot like? The tent with the with the hot stove. There's like a ninety degrees in there, but outside yeah, is that, minus that, twenty. That's wussy tenting. I got that for the girls that can. Yeah, that's 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 lodge tenting. That's that's yeah. for. Uh, Almost but I have I have a hot tent for the, for the women. But yes. Was that like a Dutch oven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. So uh, I, I gotta I gotta take us on to this this cigar next. So I want you um, tell us who is Sir Robert Peel and why why make a cigar in tribute to him? What you know what what is it about him that wanted you to make a, a cigar in tribute to this man here? So. People out there that are familiar with the protocol line, everything from the blue protocol to the probable cause to the themis to the official misconduct, there is a certain unique look to every project, but every project together, uniform, has a uniformity. It's all the big P's in the middle. It's all you could see it when you when you look at pictures of all the boxes together, you can see how each project has a certain uniqueness but at the same time a uniformity yeah so for our fifth release into the market we wanted to do something special we wanted to do something more you know kick it up a notch do something regal something special so we figured what do we do and we knew we wanted to do the packaging we wanted to make it superb like next level top-notch uh packaging and how can we do something regal sophisticated fancy looking but still keep it within law enforcement and what sounds more fancy than <laughs> anything i don't care what it is but if you call it sir it could be the <laughs> sir kevin kiten i don't care what it is you put a sir in front of there it just makes it fancy so that plus sir robert peel i'll tell you a bit who sir robert peel is Sir robert peel was a british prime minister and in 1829, he created the Metropolitan um, Metropolitan Police Force, where it was a uniformed police department, and he created what's called Peel's Principles, where he said the police should be in uniform, should serve the public, have, do this. So he created like a format or formula, and from that formula that he created, all modern-day policing took that format and created their – so to this day – you can still find the police department he created, the Bobbies in, in, in London, England. So there's he created Scotland Yards, it's still there. And through his principles is where modern day policing was was done. So we figured, how do we do this fancy thing and still make it law enforcement based? We did this uh, protocol Sir Robert Peel. And the packaging is just beautiful. I think I'm gonna send you a box. Did you guys did you guys get the box? Yes, sir. So I wanted to show you the box with the uh, hold on. Oh, I didn't have. I don't have it out here with me. It doesn't matter. You want to give me the box? Give me. We have. Give me a box so I can show them. No, no seal. 
Oh, open. Opened up so I could show them to you. We have a million of them. That's, that's one of the things that I noticed first off, because like you said, everything so f- up until that point followed that. Uh, it, the the yeah. branding w- the branding was very uniform. You know, yes. it's, you've got the you've got the logo just with a different color scheme for each blend, and then all of a sudden you've got this this completely different change of direction. And and I was like, that's a protocol cigar. That's a that's yeah. from Cuba Ricano. That's I, it blew me away seriously. So we've always pretty much marketed ourselves as the average working Joe cigar. So you know you in in this country you have your middle class, your working Joes, your average guys, and then you have your five percent of the rich guys that go out and buy all the high end stuff. So we figured our marketing so far has been to towards the average Joe. And in reality, would you rather have that small 5% of that elite elitist, you know, society, or do you want the common folk, the average everyday worker, the, the, uh, the plumber, the sanitation guy, the cleaner, the the construction guys, we figured let's come out with something fancy. And, And our marketing is even the most average guy every once in a while wants to throw their pinky up. So, (laughs) <laughs> and it's true i don't care how much of an average joe every once in a blue you want to get dressed up nice you want to look nice so we came out with this uh you know beautiful it's got the velvet in there it's got yeah. this appeal if you look at the box it's got you know it's just gorgeous packaging it's just beautiful and we did like a uh, uh, crown molding around it yeah and we wanted it still keeping with our average joe feel and we said even the average Joe every once in a while wants to throw their pinky up and smoke something regal, be fancy every once yeah. in a blue. So but that's how we kind of do it. What? At the end of the day, we uh, we we didn't kill the price point on it, right? So we're eleven ninety eleven ninety five yes. for a cigar. That's MSRP. You can get it at a discount. So if you look, you know, at your you know local B and M, you can get it at a discount from that. But it wasn't over the top, but it was a little bit more, a little bit more premium for us. But it still hit, you know, hit that average Joe price point. If you wanted to step up, he could get that cigar. I honestly think that had we come out with this project first, people would have said, are these guys out of the who? First of all, who are they? Yeah. Why, why are they doing this cigar? Who do they think yeah. they are? Fuente or whoever? Like, look at this it thing. Worked. It wouldn't have worked. But I think building that foundation of that cigar looking the way it did up to that point and then just doing a freaking total 180 and shocking the industry i think it, it, it worked out very well we've gotten great response so far from it yeah it's been amazing they've been moving off the shelves like everywhere we sell them boom they move off the shelves we've been very blessed with it and, it, and it's a, in my opinion it's a it's a great cigar yeah i'm I, I like the i like the maduro better some people like the natural better but i'm more of a maduro guy so and, uh, I'll actually tell you the story how the Maduro came whenever you're ready to you know for me to tell it. Yeah, real quick, if you could take us through the process of designing both the the box and and the bands, how does that creative process look like for let you? Let me let me let me start this off. So so Juan and Bill, I got onto the company and I kept hearing being involved with the company prior, and that that band is just unbelievable. The band is gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's fantastic. That's like the cigars of old. I mean, that's that's yes, classic, exactly. beautiful, like the old, you know, the, the Simone Bolivar, and yep, it's just right. beautiful. 
Yeah, exactly. So being involved, Bill and Juan, I, you know, had a lot more info than the average consumer, but, you know, doing all the events with these guys. And then I really get involved with the company after I bought in and, you know, they kept mentioning this Sir Robert Peel and I didn't know who Sir Robert Peel was. I'm not a cop. I do internet security by day. So, you know, these guys kept talking you're, you're about kind of a cop. You do internet security. You're kind uh, of a inter, inter, internet cop. <laughs> so, uh, you know, these guys kept mentioning it, but you know, I sat with, uh, I, I kind of was in and out of meetings when we were at IPCPR ones kind of at the side and, you know, he was really working on this, working on this. That was a two year project and Juan killed it with it because he had a lot of ideas on how to make this the right packaging the right presentation to really make it protocol, but also, you know, give it a little bit more regal feel to, you know, take it to that next level for the company. And I can't thank him for uh, enough for it because that just really took it to the next level. That, that was two years that two years in the making that, that, you know, he worked on that and I'll, I'll I'll give him credit on this. I won't give him credit on a lot of stuff, but that (laughs) was, Unbelievable because he really worked hard on that. And that was two years in the making because I kept hearing about it. I kept hearing this Sorrell repeal and I did my research on it. I'm like, okay, that, that goes with that whole law enforcement theme. That was unbelievable. But I'll let you talk a little bit more about it. So we came up with the name first, Bill and I. Like This is like going back three years ago. We kind of had the next three projects lined up, what we're going to do. And we said, let's come up for our fifth offering into the market. Let's come up with something like crazy, just something that's going to shock the entire industry that follows us that just totally out of our, our wheelhouse. So we came up with the, with the name Sir Robert Peel and Bill told me, like, I wasn't going to say this. I always said, let's just say it was us, but Bill and Kevin have been like, Oh, one, 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 but I'll tell you how it happened. So I was like, um, <laughs> let's just do something. That's just, just wows. Wows. Everybody that has been following us. till then, so Sir Robert Peel's, you know, you already know his history of this, uh, the father of modern day policing. So I said, let's just do the packaging. Just, just go over the top. So I started working on it. The blend. Let's talk about the blend first. I told Hector, I want this to be our crown jewel. Hector, I want this cigar to taste between an Opus X and a Larange. Mix them somewhere in there. And I want something that tastes like us, feels like us. And we went through at least three, four different blends before you know we get the blend. Like this is not it. We're not ready yet. This is not it. So it, it was a long. It wasn't like a one and done quick process. It, it, it took us a good year and a half to try to get the blend. Once we found the blend, like yeah, this is it. So then it came up to like how we're gonna how we're gonna do this. So I sat down with the uh, the graphics designer. His name is Anthony Jimenez, and I. I had a whole bunch of pictures. I had like a picture of Sir Robert Peel. I had all these ideas. And I just took all these pictures that I took off the internet. I was like, listen, I want this to look kind of like this. Can you somehow bring this together and make it look spectacular? And he actually sat there with a in his notepad with a pencil and just drew it. It was actually at the IPCR last year. IPCBR last year, and he came up with it. He goes, How's this? And he goes, and we all we all had our input and stuff, but we were like, we want to make this. Re- and dr- during the whole entire project, a term came out. It was regal as fuck. And <laughs> the whole time, we want to make this regal as fuck. Regal as fuck. And from the box, the packaging, the cigar, all had to m- be regal. And it's funny, like, as we when we put it out, people started saying, oh, my God, this is so regal. I was like, 
wow, that was actually what we we're going for, a regal kind of feel. And the cigar was just amazing. So I was in Nicaragua February of this year. I went with Eric Espinosa, and I was smoking the cigar appeal. I was like, oh, this thing is beautiful. The naturals, the natural first. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I think that myself, was the only one we were coming out with. That was the only one we are coming out with. So I'm there in Nicaragua, and I say, you know, while I'm here, let me get ahead of the game. Let me get from behind the eight ball and maybe think about next year's project. So I tell Eric, I really like uh, Pennsylvania Broadleaf. The company's from Pennsylvania. I was like, can you get your hands on any Pennsylvania Broadleaf? He goes, ah, bro, 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 absolutely, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, bro, whatever you want, whatever you want, bro, bro. All right, bro, do me a favor. Give me some Pennsylvania Broadleaf. Let's try it. He goes off. He gets some Pennsylvania broadleaf. He brings it in the in the in the uh, wall. The leaves are out. You see people put the picture over their head. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so he brings that thing. Here's the Pennsylvania broadleaf. I'm like, all right. So he literally takes the wrapper off the naturals and puts a Pennsylvania broadleaf on it. I sit there and I smoke it. I'm like, oh my god, this thing, and literally same exact binder and filler, no change. No tweak, no nothing. You tell consumers a lot of time, and I've I've had conversations with regular people how sometimes just changing the wrapper on a cigar will change the dynamic of the entire cigar. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell you how this happened. I was the same trip in Nicaragua. I hung out with AJ Fernandez. That guy is first of all one of my favorite dudes in the planet, but yeah. his tobacco knowledge is he's, second he's to none. Yeah. He is a genius. Yeah. So I'm 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 shadowing him the whole day. And like Eric's like, stop asking him questions, bro. I, I gotta get out of here. We got work to do. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like a cigar nerd. I'm like sitting there with AJ and we're talking and me and him, him and I are just like wow and Eric's like bro 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 <laughs> sorry <laughs> let's get out of here. So as we're there he takes me to a, one of the curing barns. He's smoking a cigar. I'm smoking a cigar. He reaches up and the curing pulls out a leaf. Right there, he puts his, his leg up on like one of the stands, wraps the cigar in this different wrapper, lights it again. He's smoking it. The same cigar I was smoking, he goes, Juan, taste this. I smoke it. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a, a totally different cigar. It's amazing. All you did was put a, a wrapper in around and it changed. So I said, uh, let's try that. Don't mess with the binder. Don't mess with the filler. Just put the Pennsylvania broil. Let's see how let's see how it goes. I smoke it. I fell in love with it. I'm telling you, you know. And you're, was it Gary? You're smoking the other one, right? Yeah, the Maduro. Yeah. So that's the one that he made. Same exact binder and filler from the natural. And I'm smoking. I'm like, oh my god, this thing tastes heavenly. I was like, make me ten of them. I'm gonna take them back to the states so that Kevin and Bill could try them. Get back to the states. Kevin and Bill try it. They're like, "Oh my God, this thing is amazing!" So we start talking. It's like instead of it come out coming out with it for next year, how about we do something totally out of the box? Let's release it this year. We do a natural and a maduro, and thank God those guys love the idea. And we came out with the natural and maduro, and that's how the that's how the uh, yeah. the maduro came out. I went down there and I said, "Just how about this? You know, try the Pennsylvania broadleaf." It was in my head. I was like, "Let me just try it." AJ had some. Boom put it on there it's amazing yeah and it's it's funny we were we were talking last week to um uh mike bellity i don't know if you know mike bellity of course i don't like he um he said a similar thing that one of one of his blends uh he was working with uh ernesto perez carrillo and he was uh, one of his blends just switched out the rap. amazing guy by the way ernesto. oh yeah absolutely another another genius 
Um, and, and I think a lot of people would be amazed how many blends there are on the market today that have a natural and a Maduro or have a, uh, you know, a couple different branded blends out on their, in their portfolio. And the only real difference is a wrapper leaf. And like you said, it can, it can completely change. It's just like aging. If you take a, if you take a whiskey and age it in a different kind of a barrel, it'll complete, it'll be a completely different whiskey. And it's kind of the same, it's the same type of deal. Yeah. Another thing about this project, we, we always talk about, you know, when you're a cigar nerd, you always talk about stuff. So you always say how just changing the wrapper on something will change it. So we were like, let's, we're always talking to people about it. So let's also make this like a side project as an experiment, as to show people, look what happens. You hear two cigars, same size, yeah, same cigar. The only thing we changed, the binder and the filler are ex- identical. The only thing we changed was the wrapper. And you smoke them, and they're both very different. It's amazing how different they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, it, it goes to now Juan being retired as, you know, you know, after his law enforcement. Whoop, don't hit the mic. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, here's to your uh, retirement, by the way, bro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank here's you. To his 20 years of service. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show, like, what he was able to do on that trip. He really killed it for us. Like, you know, aside from the Sir Robert Peel and getting the Maduro done, you know, we came back and, you know, we were thinking we could only come out with one. And we figured out how to make sure that we were going to come out with both of them because we didn't have the money to to make both of them happen. But then we figured it out. Give me so. the two boxes. I just want to show them the difference. So when we came out with the two of them, not only did we change the blend, but we actually changed the uh, the box of each. I'll show you. So the, the, the Maduro is the darker one. This is Maduro. And the natural is the more lighter one. Yeah. But also on on the cigars themselves, we put like different ribbons on it, and they look different. Of course, they're two different cigars. Um, but it's amazing that the the response that we've gotten from them has been amazing. You can see it. So they the the the, the, the Maduro has the maroon wrapper. Yep. The natural has the gold wrapper, and I think both of them match perfectly because there is maroon within the band. And there is gold within the band, so both of them just look just just looks amazing. It's in, yeah. look at the box presentation, man. We couldn't be happier. From a packaging standpoint, it, it, it's going to add a little bit, but it's it, it, in the in the end of the day, it's not going to be that much. And from you know me being on the business side and the sales side, you know it makes sense to you know kind of up it a little bit and to make sure that we're we're bringing out bringing out a premium product yeah but you know the the original protocol line stands on its own right so doing something a little bit more was was the right move here's just an idea for you guys you know those uh greeting cards you open up and it plays a little message or song (laughs) if you did a box that contained five of each and then when people opened it it played ebony and ivory That would so, be it. I uh that's funny you say that because out on the table we may have a box that may have one of each Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, I maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I, I, I can we're say we're toying that. with ideas. Idea. That was my idea. So yes. I have a box from VSOL that has a nice P label on it, and we may be doing something for the Christmas. I holiday. like it. Nice. I never like know. It. I love it. So, and that's one of the things about, you know, the, 
obviously you want to, you focus on the tobacco, you get the blend, right? That's the most important thing, but there is something to be said for the, the way the Sir Robert Peel is packaged. And honestly, any, any cigar, the way it's packaged, the way it's presented. And that's one of the things that, I mean, there's, there's so much nonsense with regulation and FDA and blah, blah, blah. But the F word, one of the things that, that is so important to cigars is, is the design. It's the look. It's the way that box looks in your humidor at home. It's the way that box looks on the shelf in the cigar shop. And there are so many beautiful designs out there. And for us to even think about heading in the direction of Australia, where it's all plain white packaging and all generic and all bullshit, it's it's so sad to think that that could go away. Yep. And I applaud you guys for saying, you know what, we're going to go over the top with the Regal. We're going to go over the top with that that presentation that's like an homage to the to to traditional old school like fancy cigars that's what we did that was always the mentality well look at it i i when i was talking to anthony the anthony Jimenez, the image guy the uh, uh graphic design guy i actually had pictures of old cuban boxes mm. and i was like i wanted to have an old school feel and that's exactly when you think about the old school cigars they had a very you know protocol the original line has been very modern. The whole P, you can see the P. It's very sleek, modern kind of yeah. looking. But when we did this fifth uh, release to the market, we wanted to kind of pay homage to the old school way and make it look a little bit more traditional. So we went with the uh, with the fancy gold and the medallions around the side of the band. And we wanted to make it look very fancy, very kind of old school. And I think it did that. But at the same time, keeping true to our core feeling fundamentals of this company like the peas on there and i think i i think you know in my opinion i could be wrong because i am a little bit biased because it's my baby but i think we did a good job in coming out with this you know it just it's just a pretty looking cigar but you know what was interesting is when you're saying about the look of the cigar and everything we have one of our good friends that came out to us and we came out with the jane doe which right. is a limited run through Ber- berkeley humidor and they were like oh i can't I can't do it. It was a white band. Do, doesn't do anything for me. I just look at it and just don't want to smoke it. Some people have told us that this goes so much against what you guys are that it probably doesn't maybe not make it. I, I, I think the opposite. I think it's we were there to the point where this is something so different. But yet, if you look at it, if you really take a, a, a minute just to look at it, it's still so fundamentally us. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree yep. with what that person said. I think it is exactly who you are, and I think, I think it falls right in line with, even even though it's it's a one eighty from from the branding that you had before, it's still it's still part of the profile. It's still part of the portfolio, and I think, I think it goes along with who you guys are as a company. Let's let's look who's watching here. I see uh, uh Joseph Gilberto. Shout out to Joseph. I see Risty watching Risty. I, I told the story before how you effed me up in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Colorado. Who else? It's <laughs> not, I, not I, out of the I, line. I literally can't believe you said that. I see who else. <laughs> oh, my boy Sal from Staten Island. Sal is, is, is a great supporter of us. Thank you, Sal. Sal's a great guy. Yes. Who else is there? All right, go ahead. You guys continue. I'm sorry. I, I no, it's all, it's all good. Um, well, let's give thanks to uh, – People that support us and tune in, you know, that's a big thing of, the, of our company. Like, it, it takes a lot of time. Like, people have really enjoyed us and they post. So, 
social media is almost like a full-time job. Like I sit there sometimes and spend hours just mm-hmm. finding people that post our stuff and repost it and thank them. And, you know, like, you know, we've had this girl from uh, Florida, Shmokini. She, she posts our stuff. We post her. And, and sometimes people say, oh, you only post women. I was like, no, 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 no. If you look at my, my feed anywhere, I post everybody that posts our stuff. I try to put even the big fat guy that's sitting on a beach chair, you know, sitting there you with did, no shirt on. Did, I, I, put a, I put him on, too. You did post that. I did post it. I like the, uh, the, the there was a picture of you in a Speedo that was. Yes. That was. Uh, Kevin and I was in the Speedo. <laughs> and Brad. That Brad was. Hammer. <laughs> That was Brad, Brad Juan and I did a uh, Brad's uh, goal was hitting 179 whatever pounds whatever in his keto Let's diet. preface this. So, <laughs> Sorry, go hold ahead. on. Go ahead. So, what I figured, I was about 350. I was a big boy, but I was very happy with my bigness. I was very <laughs> confident. I didn't care, but. Now that I retire, I said I want to live longer. So what am I going to do to, to you know lose some weight, be healthier? So what I was originally going to do, I was going to get that gastric bypass surgery. Da 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 da. So that was my plan. the joke was you and Bill were going to do it together. Yeah, we, actually, Bill and I were going to do it together. We we're going to put it live on social media. We we're going to you know roll us into the the operating room together. We're going to hold hands. Bill was gonna, a big boy too. He was a big yeah. boy too. And then yeah. I was at work. And this guy walked, you know, a few guys actually. This one guy, Wayne, a good friend of mine from a co-worker, was talking about keto, keto, keto this, keto that, keto, 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 keto. I'm hearing about keto. So I'm like, my God, I'm tired of hearing about this keto diet. So I, I looked into it and wow, this is this is not terrible. You know, you gotta drop your carbs. And I did it. I lost like 60 pounds almost right away. Mm-hmm. And then Bill says, I can't be the fat one in the company. So I'm going <laughs> to, he went on it too. And because of Bill and I, other people want it. So at least five or six people, social media wise, we've inspired to, to lose weight. And collectively, you probably lost between four or five guys, about five, 600 pounds. You know, it's just pretty amazing. So I said, uh, I'm going to go on this keto diet. I want to lose weight. And, uh, Bill was like, uh, yeah, I can't be the fat one in the company. So he got on some like, He's 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 amazing. Bill's lost a good amount of weight. I'm about to I'm about to 90 pounds right now. Awesome. I want. Hey, how does that go to the speedo? So the speedo thing. So <laughs> I was like, I don't care if I was 350. I was gonna wear that speedo anyway. So I started looking for speedos <laughs> on Amazon, and I could only find. I think it was like a size 38 was the biggest speedo they made. I was like, ah, oh, freak it. And so I put that speedo on. I got in the pool. I was like, let's take this picture soon because I can't feel my legs. <laughs> Circulation to my legs. He was literally in the pool. He goes, guys, I can't feel my legs. We need to take the picture. <laughs> so we took the picture and it was amazing. And, and, and uh, it's funny because some people in the industry was like, I would never do that. But the, 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 the social media footprint that left Everybody at the IPCPR no, we was went, talking we about. Went, we yeah. went to IPCPR because we did that picture at IPCPR right yeah. before the show. And Bill and I were, you know, at the uh, Fuente booth. And we walked in and everybody's yelling, Speedo picture, Speedo picture. I'm like, turn around. Like, what is going on right now? And they were all talking about the Speedo picture at the Fuente booth at IPCPR. I would say that's pretty good freaking social media. And it basically goes back to me, like, what I say as a homage to my life, I always find a way to laugh at myself. 
You know, you can't be serious. Like some of these guys are, you know, not in this industry, but just in general, people are sometimes so too serious about themselves. You gotta, you gotta have a laugh. Yeah, you gotta. Have fun. That's always been the homage. You know, the 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 the. the what we've always said is like we gotta and we always have good times we break each other's balls and we have a good time and we laugh if you can't laugh at yourself who can you laugh at that's right yeah yeah exactly um so like i told you guys we do every week the useless fact all right let's do something come on this one i had to go in the direction of sir robert peel just because i started reading about this dude and i was like this this guy's pretty cool so you guys may or may not know this. So Sir Robert Peel is actually portrayed on a very famous rock and roll album cover. Really? That do you, is do you know which rock and roll album cover he's portrayed on? No. Garrett, do you know? No, and I didn't even cheat. <laughs> I didn't put it on the notes because Garrett oh. always I put answers on the show on the show notes here, and Garrett's always cheating looking at the answers. Yeah. So Sir Robert Peel was one of the many faces on Sergeant Pepper's. Wow. Oh, that makes So all sense. those people on the on that cover, there are uh what is it? 58 people on that cover and he's one of them. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. amazing. That's a good deep track there. I like it. And uh so this and this was another cool thing I found out about that. There were actually some people that were supposed to be have their image portrayed on that cover who got left out. And the first one was Sophia Loren. Wow. Wow. Who if you if you know if you remember who Sophia Loren was, she's still alive too. Look at hot still at 70 years old. Yeah, I mean, one of the most beautiful women who's probably ever walked the face of the planet. Um and Gandhi. Wow, Gandhi. He was supposed to be on the cover and didn't make it. And Jesus Christ. Huh. Was supposed to be, and the reason they were going to put a put his image on there was because there right before that, John Lennon got in a bunch of trouble for saying saying we're the Beatles more are more popular than Jesus. Wow! And they're like, forget it. Let's just put a picture of Jesus on the cover. And uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a great fact. So uh, now it is time for Numero, Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we've got uh, we've got two numbers. All right. Uh, they are both three hundred, and they are both relating to each other. And this uh, these numbers re- uh, relate to law enforcement. Mm. Well, if it's three hundred, it's this is Sparta, right? That's right. One no. of the best lines <laughs> in any movie ever. So in the U.S., 300 people are killed by this. Every year? Every year. Cockroaches. <laughs> That's it. That's Nailed it. it. That's got to be. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm at... 300 people every year are killed by. Snake bites? Snake. No, it's got to be more. No, more so it's this. related to, to law enforcement in some way. Um this uh, this number, I, I'll give a, a big clue here, um, comes from the Department of Transportation. 300 people every year. They're Killed by... Texting? No, it can't no. be texting. Yeah, I would, I, it's, it's way higher. Yeah, sadly, it's probably way higher than that. Way higher. Um, oh, is, is it from... Uh, uh, 
is it from a allergic reaction to uh, pepper spray or no? Um, so uh, Department of Transportation. Oh, DOT. Um, hmm. yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Three hundred people. The DOT getting? Do they die in during their driver's test? Oh, that would be a good one. No. They, um, they these, die waiting in line at the DMV. Getting gas? <laughs> no, nope. oh, yeah, getting gas. That's nope. a good one too. No, nope. uh, these are these are people who are not law-abiding citizens. Mm. So they take they take a red light. They that's got to be more than three hundred. No, people. no, yeah, three hundred. What? Because that's a small number for you. Very small yeah. for the entire U.S. What? Yep. These yep. are people that um, are trying not to be apprehended so they run away so they hot pursuit yes but it's okay is it related to the kind of vehicle they run away on no that's a small number i would think people are trying to get away from cops it's got to be higher than that i thought it would be higher it sounds like it'd be higher and that's why i said there's there's two numbers so they're uh the number for the people that are trying to evade police that eventually uh, crash and die is about 300 per year. Wow. There are some people, there are some that are, that are spike, but um, some years that spike, but um, the other 300 that are related to this die from what? Pedestrians getting hit by a car. Yes. So a car car fleeing pursuit hits a pedestrian. Correct. So 300 on each side. Yep, 300 on each side. Wow. I mean, I'm glad it's not higher than that, but I expected it to be higher than that. Wow. That's, uh, that's surprising. Yeah, between, uh, between 2013 and 2018, it averages about 300 each side. Wow. So, I, I mean, I know this should go without saying, but don't run from the police. Just comply. Comply. And sue, mean, them, uh, sue them later. It's not going to do any good. Not Juan, good. Juan, how many, uh, how many hot pursuits were you involved in in your 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> I will say one. I'll tell the story. Okay. I'll tell the story. Just one. I was with the NYPD at the time. So this is from 98 to 2002, somewhere in there. I'm in my, uh, I worked in Canarsie, Brooklyn, in the 69 precinct. Great precinct, great neighborhood, beautiful place. My partner and I, he's driving. I'm the recorder. We're at a stoplight. We see a motorcycle go by. Whoa, that guy's going pretty fast. And then we see a unmarked police vehicle following them with the lights and sirens. Boom. I I guess we're in a hard pursuit. (laughs) (laughs) Put over uh, Central. Hey, Central, this is uh, 6ix9ine Eddie. We're going to be a hot pursuit and uh, behind helping, uh, you know, uh, possible stolen vehicle, whatever we get on there. We get on the highway, usually from one exit to the other. It takes about maybe 10 minutes to get from one exit to the other. I give an update to uh, Central. Hey, Central, be advised. We're in exit 13, uh, headed north on the Bell Parkway. Central says, okay, Roger. Uh, 30 seconds later, yeah, be advised. We're at exit uh, 14 now. My sergeant's listening. He said, hold on. 
He was just at exit 13. 30 seconds later, he's at exit 14. He must be doing like 108 miles an hour. Sergeant goes, I am call- officially calling off the hot pursuit. Call it off. Call it- Se- Roger Central, be advised. We are calling off the hot pursuit. Uh, we're ending the hot pursuit. Boom, boom, boom. But, of course, you being, you know, a cop, you don't really, you kind of like quietly, you know, still follow them. So the original uh, unit that was chasing them stops, gets off the highway, and we like, let's just, let's just travel, see, and we kind of see him a little bit. All of a sudden, this guy, we're now in Queens. We started from Brooklyn. We're in Queens now. <laughs> he, um, he tries to get off the exit, but there was a concrete slight high. You've seen them. Like when you get off on an exit, sometimes it's not all level. There's like a little bit of a concrete sidewalk. Yeah. So he gets off. He hits that. He goes up in the air. The bike goes one way. He goes another. And I'm like, Sandra, be advised. The guy you spilled. My God. He's over. I'm telling him whatever. And we stop and we're looking around. The bike's over there on fire. And we're like, oh my God, this guy's dead somewhere in these grass. And we weren't really following him per se, but we were just behind him. That's the right word. We weren't following him. We just happened to be behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy lands. Oh Listen gosh. to this. In New York, I'm sure you've guys seen it in other states also. They have. Usually the guys that are in jail, they do their community service. They go to the side and they pick up garbage from all around the highway. Yeah. And they all pack the garbage on this big mound. And Easy. then the guy sanitation comes around and picks it up. This guy, his bike goes one way. He lands on top of the mound of garbage, leaves or whatever. So we're looking around for him. Obviously he gets up and he well, take the guns out. Hey, stop. Oh, oh, we, wind up arresting him. We tell Central to have that original unit come out. Da-da-da. So after we get the arrest, everything, the uh, duty captain hears that we got them, and they were like, wait a second. I thought the sergeant called off the pursuit, which he did. <laughs> he did, but we just happened to still be behind them. We called off the pursuit. <laughs> so we get the guy, the, 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 the ca- duty captain's like, I want to see these two cops right in my office right now. So driving over there. As we're driving over there, something else big happened somewhere, and he goes, I cancel it. So nothing ever happened. So bad guy got caught. Everybody was all right. He was alive. It was all good. So <laughs> what a lucky break. The dude lands right on perfectly. If that was any one of us, we'd be dead. Right? Oh, yeah. But uh, these bad guys sometimes have this guardian angel behind them, and this guy landed on a stack of garbage. And could, could you imagine the chances of that landing on a stack of garbage? One in a million. Dude. One and in a million. I may or may not have a family member who uh, led police on a motorcycle once. I, I'm, I not don't, sure. I'm not sure. I may not or sure. may not have a family yeah. member who did that once. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to, uh, we're going to go to cop films. Okay. I love cop films. All right. So the, the films that I've picked out are kindergarten cop. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> that, that is the fucking best. Best. Is- it's not a tumor. <laughs> not a tumor. Get to the right. chopper. <laughs> We're going uh, uh, the Jump Street series. Okay. Hot Fuzz. Police Academy. Oh, yes. Super Troopers. Love those two. Beverly Hills Cap. You want us to rank them? Yeah. Let's, let's rank those. Have you seen all of those, by the way? Yes, I have. 
Uh, all right, my I'll I'll go first. Um, I'll rank the top one as as far as comedy police movies out of these five. I'm gonna go Beverly Hills Cop, Police Academy, yes, Hot Fuzz, uh, Super Troopers, and um, what was the other one? Um, or was there only four? No, it was five. Uh, what are we forgetting? Hot Fuzz? Did you, no, did I you said, said that Hot one. Fuzz. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, oh, the Jump Street. Jump Street. Yeah, I'll rank that one last. So for me, the 21 Jump Street series on TV was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I watched that. The series, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. The movies weren't that so much. I wasn't crazy about the movies, but I would put Beverly Hills Cop number one, Police Academy, all of them were funny, number two, and then the same way that uh, Matt said. But as far as my number one police movie, which is that one with Denzel Washington, Training Day? Oh, Training Day. Oh, yeah. Training Day was pretty amazing. On a sidebar, though, since I've been 16 years old, I've had jobs where I could not, A, grow a beard or have long hair. (laughs) I've retired. I've decided to myself, I'm going to do what I could never do since 16. I wanted to grab a beard and some long hair. Yeah. Now that I have a beard and long hair, people say I look like Al Pacino and Serpico. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it. Yeah, totally. I can see it. I like it. Yeah. Al Pacino. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I I'm gonna go with one on that one. That that seems like the right order. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, but the whole cervical thing, like, wow. What, uh, what are what are some other ones? Uh, so, le- I mean, lethal weapon. Lethal weapon was great. The Die Hard was good. Die Hard was really good. Um. Yeah, training day. I went with comedies for my list. Uh but how, how also was training day? Like it's just that that movie was fantastic. Yeah, yeah or Heat. Heat was oh, all yeah. oh, pretty good too. Good. I didn't see Heat. Heat, that's oh, one with Val oh. Kilmer and uh, Robert De Niro, correct? Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer, yeah, Robert Virginia, De Niro, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yep. Yeah, that was freaking amazing that movie. Yeah. You gotta see that. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, I. You know what? I never. I've never That's seen the old that. school one right there. Oh, yeah, I got to go back and watch that. I've never seen that movie. Uh, awesome. Um, so let's. Uh, we got a little lightning round of questions here. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to new cigar consumers, you know, somebody who's maybe smoked their first cigar, maybe they've had one or two, and they're just starting to get into the cigar culture. What would you? What piece of advice would you give them? I know. Go ahead, Kevin. I've been to a million events with Brian Lewis, with Caravan Cigar Company. He's one of the bigger shops that we support, and he's got a mobile cigar business. But everybody that shows up, you give them a Themis, they come back, and they buy another Themis. Yeah. It's getting them something into a new you know, palate, something mild, something with a little bit of flavor, it's getting them something that, you know, can get them into 
what's going to be an actual, well, I don't want to say an actual cigar, but it's, it, it's, you know, a lot of flavor. It's, can you hear, can you hear me over that friggin' torch? Can you hear me? Like, holy cow. It's like the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Market that. Look at that. Look at that thing. Oof. But you know, the, the, the Themis, just a mild cigar with some flavor. Like these guys will come back getting that, that that first guy to really taste something that's going to bring them back to have another cigar. Don't give them an overpowered cigar. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, it's what I like or whatever. It's not what you like. It's what it's going to bring them back to have that second cigar, to have that third cigar, have that fourth cigar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to drink yeah. something else. I ran out. So. No, that's and I've heard that answer from. Uh, we've given that question to so many people, and that's a really common answer: is yep. don't scare them off. You know, don't give them something that's going to blow them out of the water um, early on in their uh, in their cigar. And, and I'll tell you that uh, Caravan Cigar Company. You know, we have all the major manufacturers in the business, and I'll tell you that these guys are. You know, I run a report, and you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm in sales. These guys sell more cigars than you would ever believe that they would sell. And it's all about our Themis. And you can get an aficionado. They come back and smoke that. You can get the new guy. But the, that new guy will come back and go, you know what? That was a really good cigar. And maybe he steps up and realizes that's not going to be the cigar for him. Yeah. But he can go back to that Themis and just really enjoy it or you know whatever other manufacturer that makes something in that same line that cigar and that type of flavor profile that's going to bring that guy back in the cigar business for us uh, uh you know as we're trying to it's very profound yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna say for uh somebody uh just starting out i want to tell them don't feel that if you smoke a maduro cigar it's going to be strong, full body. It all depends on what the person blended it for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people think with Maduros that they are strong, and they always think the lighter ones are always lighter. But I can blend you a Maduro that tastes like air, and I could blend you a Connecticut that puts you on, knocks you on your feet. So yeah. pretty much people always think. The lighter the cigar, the stronger it is, and sometimes the darker the cigar, the strong. The I'm sorry, the lighter the cigar, the lighter it is. The, the darker the cigar, the stronger it is. But it's not always the case. We yeah. talk about that often. Yeah, Amen. That's absolutely true. And uh, then my number one advice. I'm sorry. Here it goes. Yeah. Don't ever, ever smell a cigar through the sea level. Like when you've seen people like at cigar shops. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that smells great. It's like me buying some uh, meat at a shop that's already wrapped up in cellophane. I say, here, smell this, and they wrap it through. Oh, how about this? A bag of potato chips. They take the bag of potato chips, open it. Oh, my God, these potato chips smell amazing. You cannot smell them through the cellophane. Please don't do that. Yeah. You guys, your novices out there, don't do that. You look like a fool. (laughs) That's good. I love it. Yeah, that's good. So if you could give one piece of advice to cigar retailers, specifically brick and mortar shops, what would it be? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I don't know nobody's ever asked us that. Let's no, think. no one's ever asked. That's a no tremendous one question. Has ever asked us that. 
My advice to every brick and mortar retailer is buy protocol. <laughs> there you no, go. That's not. That's nah, not. That's a joke. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> um. All right. I got one. In my travels now, not I'm retired and I'm traveling more to stores. Uh, cigar shops sometimes say, "Oh, you know, this particular line is not selling. I want to get rid of it. I want to put this one in or whatever." There's no such thing as a line that doesn't sell in the sense that the selling at that point becomes the cigar shop's responsibility. So you'll have your guys that come in there and they want their Macanudos, their Padrones, their Fuentes, their Gurkhas, whatever. Okay, you got those guys. But how about the guy that comes in and he goes, I don't know what to smoke. You know, can you give me an idea? If you got something and it's not moving, tell them, hey, try this. This is new. This is that. So a big part of that goes to the the the, the manufacturer, the cigar shops themselves, because yeah. in reality, unless you're a big company, you can't have guys like we're, we're, we're not able to go into the shop every day and do that because it's just not possible. So if you have something you want to get rid of, that guy that comes in, I don't know what to sell. Like you could tell them, oh, this is awesome. And steer them into whatever you want you want to sell you got something you got a lot of sell them that yeah and they will buy that try it and they'll probably fall in love with it yeah yeah i remember years years ago forever ago i was uh in sales management and i had people so so often you hear people say you know people who are selling for you they say i i can't sell this it doesn't sell and i my answer would always be no you you're not selling the product can sell just fine. You're not selling. So figure out a different, figure out a way, different way to move that product. There's a customer out there for that product. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you're just not moving it the right way. So figure out the customer for that product and get it done. Um, so the same question um, for, if you could give one piece of advice to what is now called the PCA, the IPCPR, the the organization as a whole. If you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say move it from the summer to maybe a more. So here's the problem. Here's my opinion. So every year since I've been in the IPCPR since 2014, it's always been in the summer. The summer months for a lot of like North East colder places the summer is their busiest time of year so it's a lot to ask a shop owner to leave their place of business and leave it to another employee while they go to the ipcpr but that's their busiest time specifically this past year was july 4th the july 4th weekend that's probably some of these guys busiest times yeah People are going to the beach, they're going to the sun, their summer homes, and they're buying cigars. How can you ask a retailer to leave their place of business where their their money come, you know, they make their money during their busiest time? Yeah. You're better off switching it to a more quieter time, maybe February, something where things are not happening. I would tell them to probably if I had to give any advice to the PCA, would be changed from the midsummer to somewhere in maybe fall or early winter. Yeah. Kevin, absolutely, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's and and I've heard that from so many people. Is the the timings off? I mean, it makes about as much sense as as putting the trade show during Father's Day weekend. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. That's a big business time. You have to look at whatever industry you have. Any industry, I don't care if it's cars, sodas, 
cigars, meats, pizzas. There, there are, are high times when it's their, their time of the year. Yeah. You cannot do this event, a trade show, during the time frame that's their busiest time. You just cannot. And maybe not Florida or hot places, but the majority of places that are cool, the summertime is their busiest season. They cannot leave that shop to leave it to some employee that they have running it while the shop owners go to this trade show. Make it during their slowest time, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that would help. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely. 100%. Um. So let's move to notable smokables for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about some stuff that's interesting that we smoked this past week, whether it's new or old, just something that uh, that piqued our interest. Um, Garrett, what was your first one? Uh, probably, you know, one that I haven't had as much that I should smoke more is the uh, Espinosa Larange. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Larange Oscuro, though, that thing is fire. Oh, yeah. Is the Larange Oscuro? We, we, we actually reviewed it. I reviewed that one on HowAboutThatCigar.com and gave it that a thing it, 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 It's a great mm-hmm. cigar. And and I love the original Larange just as much. But that, that Oscuro is fantastic. Stupid. Yeah. It's stupid good. You're right. It's delicious. Um, so my first one was I finally got my hands on some of the um, – the J.C. Newman, the American, the All-American. We talked to Jeff Borshowitz on the show a few weeks ago. All-American, American tobacco, American packaging, American everything, and it's uh, it's it's um, it's an extremely unique cigar. The actually, the wrapper is actually that Florida sun-grown tobacco, and uh, most of the blends that have the Florida sun-grown tobacco, it's just in the filler. This one, the wrapper is right. is uh, Florida Sun Grown. It's got a Connecticut broadleaf binder, and uh, and some uh, American leaves in the filler. But I mean, hats off to them for for putting everything inside the United States. I mean, even the cellophane that they wrap the cigars in came from United States sourcing. The boxes were made in the USA. The bands were printed and made in the U. Everything literally from the ground up was done in the United States. So. J.C. Newman, uh, Jeff Borshowitz, and Corona Cigar Company did a good job with that cigar. Uh, we lost one. Juan. Yeah, yeah uh, pee break. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, Kevin, what's something that you've smoked in the last week or so that's, uh, that kind of uh, uh, you like? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I smoke all Lozona. So, uh, you know. It, 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 it can be Lozona. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the last six, Pavencia, like, oh, my gosh. Mm. That thing is unreal. Like, I, I, I love that cigar. You know, we, you know, it's funny. We say we got Lazona mouth, and unfortunately, <laughs> we do. But, you know, it's just, you're bringing another bottle? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, we, you know, like, that cigar is, you know, that cigar is just so good, you know. And sorry. Oof, oof, oof. sorry about that. <laughs> I, I smoked a lot of stuff from uh, Black Label, uh, Nick, that, you know, does that. Uh, Mick, sorry, Mick, Mick yes. not Nick. Uh, Mick, uh, with that company, is just unreal. Uh, I was smoking some stuff from uh, Aganoris Leaf. Oh, yeah. Uh, good Terrence, stuff. Terrence, Terrence, yes. Terrence, yeah. we got to hang out. 
Uh, we kind of ran into a dual meeting and one of the major cigar online retailers and, uh, Terrence is one of the best guys. Terrence is amazing. Good, He's good human being. Terrence, good to you. Yeah. You know, he, he, he wanted to step back and I said, Terrence, just get over here, dude. Like, I'm not talking about anything that you can't hear. We're just having a meeting here and you know, hang out, but what a good freaking guy. I love him. And when, you know, going back to freaking caravan cigar company, he ended up being there that night. And I was like, I'm going over for your event. And we just had a blast. Yeah. Me personally. So, um, I'm going to go back to my cigar geek days. Always a big fan of, uh, Drew Estates and, I'll tell you a story. The first time ever, I want to say it was like 2008, maybe 2009, I move up to Pennsylvania, and I go into Cigar Internationals, and I walk in. I was, you know, would try to new stuff. So I see the uh, Liga Provada number nine. Oh, yeah. I look at it, and I'm like, wow, this thing is beautiful. I'm like, who makes this? And the, the rep, the well, the, the, not the rep, but the, uh, the, the, the salesman says, oh, Jewish State makes it. Oh, Jewish State. You know, like. For me personally, I don't like flavored stuff. I like my stuff to taste like tobacco. I'm not a big flavor infused guy, but yeah. God bless those guys because they do a great job with the uh, acid. Beautiful, they, that, they do they awesome job. They own that market, and nobody yeah. could ever take that away from them. They're beautiful, right? Yeah. But for me personally, it's not for me. So I put it down. I start to walk away. He goes, "Oh, hold on. This is one of their first, um, you know, introductions into the more traditional cigars, not flavored." I'm like, "Okay, let me try it." So I pick yeah. it up. I smoke it. I'm like, oh, I, I, I fall in love with it. And through my nerdness, I want to become friends with like Jonathan and Nick and Saka. And I'm like, oh my god, these these guys are amazing. But recently, what I've been really in love with is Nick's stuff, man. Like his Tabernacle, yeah. the Mexican San Andreas. He came out. It used to be in the Venoli cigars. He comes out with that. Yo, Nick is doing his thing, man. Nick and Saka, both of them together, it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I used to, I. I talk to them uh and i tell them all the time even even to their faces like to me steve Saka and and nick are like batman and robin or steve is like batman and nick's like robin and these two guys are made and i'm a tremendous comic book guy so i love batman so to me you know they're my batman and robin so the stuff yeah. that nick's coming out with steve right now yeah are fucking tremendous i love their stuff man it's it's good stuff yeah they make they make good stuff and they've got i mean both of them have great history in the in the tobacco business too um so this year's this year's uh shipment uh production run of opus x started to arrive in stores mm-hmm. the fuente opus x i mean it's a it's a perennial favorite it's a it's a cigar that's just you know it's a it's a pricey cigar but um because the new shipment came out when i was at stogie's on grand uh, I picked up a few of those and you know, that, that five and five and five eighths by 46, Ugh. you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's always good pretty much every year that those, those come out. So I, I had a couple of those and, um, then, uh, the, when I was at Sodi's watching the, watching the twins game on, uh, Saturday, I, uh, uh, grabbed one of the, uh, the Tatuaje, uh, Cajonu, 2012 the habano oh, box press yeah so just strong just strong is as it, i'll get I out had it but really really a great cigar i had the uh uh the new hoyo aj fernandez sumatra all oh, that dark sumatra dude yeah 
Yeah. That one gave me meat sweats. AJ has, I mean, he's got skills, bro. And he, that, that dark Sumatra is, it's I, legit. I really loved it. it I thought, I think it was fantastic. Oh, we lost their feed. Did we lose them? We lost them. Guys, where'd you go? Um, well, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get them back in, uh, in the system here before too long. Um, and then, um, so we'll give a few programming notes for what we've got coming up here in the near future um, while we try to get them back on to the broadcast. Um, so next week on October 15th, this is huge. We're super excited. I mean, we're excited for every guest that comes on the show. But next week on October 15th, we are uh, beyond grateful and excited to have Pete Johnson from Tatuaje Cigars on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, and we're going to actually... We're going to mix things up, and instead of just talking straight cigars, we're actually going to talk uh, a little bit of music. And um, I've I've got some ideas floating around in my head how um, songwriting and cigars kind of go hand in hand, and there's a lot cool. of similarities. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick Pete's brain about that because he's got a big music background as well. Um, and then the uh, week after that, on October 22nd. Uh, we're gonna have none other than Eric Tormson, Master Sensei himself from Cigar Dojo, is gonna be our guest on the show. And we're gonna talk about Cigar Dojo and uh, their history, and they've been they've been rolling strong pretty much ever since um, ever since they uh, they launched. I think back in 2012. It's been I think that long. Um, yeah. And then on uh, the following weekend, or sorry, the following Tuesday, on October 29th. Um, we're going to broadcast live from one of our local haunts. It is called Sodi's Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater, Minnesota. And uh, we've been very fortunate to get to know the people who run that place. It's a great shop, great yep. selection, great people, a uh, great pa- place to sit down and smoke with good air quality, good ventilation. Uh, so we're going to broadcast live from there. Uh, and then uh, going all the way into November now, um, on November 5th, um, we are really excited. We're going to have, uh, Rainier Lorenzo from HVC cigars, and we're excited to have him on the show and talk about HVC. That's one of the small up and coming brands over the last few years, uh, that has really, really kind of, uh, impressed me a lot. Uh, I like the, obviously I, I like the cigar blends, but I also like the way he does business. And I think it's a good, good small company to pay attention to. Uh, so we're excited to meet with him and talk about HVC cigars. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get them back on the broadcast. So I think we're going to go ahead and close things out Yeah. Uh, for tonight. So I'm extremely grateful to, uh, Juan and Kevin and everybody yeah. at protocol for joining the show, telling us a little bit about, uh, their origin story. Um, and if your local brick and mortar doesn't carry protocol, or if you haven't had protocol, um, you know, certainly search them out, find them. Yeah. Uh, you can find them at a lot of online retailers if, uh, if you can't find them in your local B and M, but, uh, look them up. We love their product. They're obviously good dudes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Talk, talk to your brick and mortars, say, Hey, get these cigars in here. Cause, uh, it's a good brand. And if, if for whatever reason you can't find them, like Garrett said, they're, they're at quite a few online retailers. So search those out online. Um, we're grateful to you guys for watching. Um, thank you for sharing us out. Thanks for spending time with us, asking questions, leaving comments. If you're listening on the audio podcast, as always, we're really grateful to you guys for spending some time listening to us in the car or while you're working out or whenever you listen to podcasts. 
um, and uh, continue to listen, continue to watch. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, you can hit us up on uh, the website. Uh, email us directly from there at howaboutthatcigar.com. And uh, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thank you.